0: Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Deeper Current podcast. I am your host Hannah Ruth Dyson this podcast is brought to you by For Women Who Want to Change the World or Women Change World for short, a project exploring all about how to live, create work in flow um, with change and to keep moving through all seasons and cycles um, to be really resilient and able to grow strong through all things and really to rise the occasion and to show up for the things that we care in the world. I am also the founder of Solstice Gathering, a deep feminine uh, research project, event space and um, beautiful celebration of who we are as women, past, present across the world, in particular, uh, looking to our deep ancestry and looking to indigenous traditions today. And I, for episode 20, I'm so um, just, yeah, really happy that I got to episode 20 and as a celebration, really want to honor the indigenous people of This world of this earth, the the earth defenders, the best caretakers of the earth, and also within that, honoring the indigenous within each of us, our deep ancestry, where um, at some point in time, um, our ancestors, likely from different places um, in the world, were really connected to a land. And that really being within our bones also, that knowledge of being one with the earth. And of course, uh, once again, when we look at our human uh, experience on earth, I'm always reminded that what we have typically learned about as history, modern history, um, civilizations from the first time that we developed agriculture, which, you know, covers like these last uh, thousands of years um, is still only like one to 5% of our actual human experience on earth. So 95% at least of our human experience was tribal, was uh, migratory, was uh, (laughs) like uh, connected very intimately to the land. And um, from what we can tell, uh not so hierarchical but much more um community and uh cyclical and really just um cooperative to survive here on earth for so long we've had to really cooperate and it's it's all of this knowledge that's deep within us that um, I think it's our time to reclaim as we shape this better future and so um yeah, I want to start by also just saying thank you to the amount of you who've um, emailed in about volunteering for Saucy Gathering. It's um, a really exciting time and I am going to get back to each and every one of you. I <laughs> I heard something this moment I realized um, actually just yesterday and kind I've of really admitted to myself, wow, I don't actually know... Yeah, how to manage well and delegate it makes me feel a little bit freaked out i've been so um for quite some time doing as much as i could by myself always kind of working with others so in many ways i have um always collaborated and employed and um yeah, worked with others, sought out counsel. Um, It's just been very necessary to do this work. Um, But to actually consider a structure and a form where um, we can move forward and it doesn't feel heavy or a burden to, um, you know, delegate and manage and and keep track of things. Um, I realized I just need to kind of just take some space and time to really get clear on that for myself so everyone can feel good within this ecosystem of soul sea gathering and really need to figure that out because this is amazing energy to harness I'm so honored um, I think particularly two episodes ago uh, episode 18 many of you have felt really um, impassioned and have um, awoken something or realized something and connected to something I was saying um, about our you know history and about the way things have been um, changed and transformed and taken out of context and the way um, this is really uh, it helps to understand so much like fundamentally of why things are the way they are today the why why our systems are the way they are, why it still feels like as women we're like, you know, trying to fight this uphill battle of even just trying to get equal pay or equal acknowledgement and recognition <laughs> for different skills. And uh, there's just so much. And it, it's once you understand the actual fundamental <laughs> basis of the way our society is being built, the way our religions were uh, set down in um In texts and in their structure and form, like for the very beginnings of our civilizations, um, women have been steadily, you know, suppressed and removed from the conversation. Nowhere more fundamentally does this show up than, um, you know, the beginning of uh, the story of Adam and Eve, where Suddenly Eve is made from the ribcage of Adam. And, you know, just right away in that moment, the power of creation is taken away from the woman. And how fundamental that was in changing our perception and our um, acknowledgement, because um, from what we can tell, it's very clear evidence that uh, women were always placed at the center of the community, of the tribe, as the bringer of life and respected for that power, honored for that power, and that also being related to Mother Earth and the ability, the the necessity to respect her and to revere her, um, to receive, you know, beautiful harvests and to work with the elements and just to be really in tune. And so you can see when we started to develop um, these religions, which were already created in a sort of um, well, I mean, these religions were kind of taken out of its um, more. Uh, cult roots where it began, very, I mean, small and from the ground and, you know, um, just from people, um, coming together and hearing these beautiful teachings to suddenly becoming a, um, political motive of control. Like how can I harness this, um, religion and realizing that everyone needs in some way uh, some kind of connection to something sacred. And if we change these narratives, how much easier it is to um, create armies, to create hierarchies of control, to um, create these great nations. (laughs) And, um, And we see this very rapidly how things change. And of course, it shifts the consciousness. Um, even the word husband, I kind of twitchy when I, when I call my, my husband husband because I know the roots of the word. Um, but I'm always trying to seek out a better word. I like partner, but he thinks that sounds like business partner. But really, the roots of the word husband is husbandry and it's to own. (laughs) Um, and, to be clear, like at the time of agriculture, and this is also where we can see the onset of slavery, immediately there's this hierarchy of uh, man uh, like owning the household. You know, there's many records in deeper history where women were actually the owners of land and um, like the the name went down the mother line and uh, wealth and inheritance went down the mother line also. Uh, Of course, this varies all over the world, but uh, one example again is in Ireland. Um, We know that women were owning land. Anyway, this uh, rapidly changed and men became the owners, the managers not only of the farm, of the house, but also of the woman. And then below that were slaves, and below that were the, the animals being farmed. Um, you know, for a long time we had, um, we were hunter-gatherers. We were, animals were roaming free. And um, even if we had, um, you know, a sort of animals that we kept in our sort of community, they were kind of kept in a little bit more of a um, natural way. And and what's been fascinating through this whole um, pandemic is, is learning actually the roots of all viruses uh, coming from animals and from their um, the way that they've been kept in close captivity. So all the way from the common cold coming from horses being kept too close together, um, and you know all the way to measles, HIV, um, to this current virus today. And this is why, I mean, I was like really asking these questions like, why was it that only European settlers brought diseases to, you know, the so-called new world, um, what's now known as America, uh, why were they not getting diseases from the native people, the indigenous people? And um, what's clear is that they had a very different relationship with the animals on the land. And, uh, and, And this meant that Diseases went, I mean, viruses have already always existed, right? They're probably one of the oldest things here on earth. Um, but they've never, um, it's only recently in human history that they have actually been deadly or damaging to humans, which is fascinating. And it's really, I think, from this disruption to the natural world and us trying to force and control and the way this permeates everything. This um, this concept that we, I mean, I think from so much fear of the natural world that we do everything to control and contain it. So we build these cities and these straight roads and these square houses, and we um, try and keep everything manageable. You know, in America, they n- nearly wiped out the whole entire wolf population definitely wiped out the Buffalo population. Uh, of course, in Europe also, uh, majority of wolves were killed and, and bear and, and many animals we knew that were roaming around. I mean, just, <laughs> when I go back to the United Kingdom, I just whenever, I mean, for the last few years, I have this cr- really crazy uh, experience as I'm as I'm flying in, I will suddenly, Um, like especially across London, see all the forest that it used to be, and it's such a surreal thing because we, we, especially in the United Kingdom, we, we cut down such a huge uh, proportion of our, of our wild. So, um, this is, you know, in the process of civilization, and this is in the process of us being a developed nation. And then convincing the rest of the world that they should develop, Um, and then at the same time, (laughs) those of us who care about the environment and the wild, and like um, you know, feeling the pain of huge amounts of the Amazon being deforested and cut down, and you know, the 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 forests in Indonesia being burnt, and uh, all over the world, we see this, you know um, this attack having, you know, increased, increased, increased. And it's very hard to judge when we, uh, you know, did this in our own lands. And now we're like from a place of having already done that damage, you know, trying to tell others what to do. And so there's so much to unravel within our own consciousness. I, I shared already. really, uh, I think, really powerful conversation. Um, I was interviewed by my dear friend, Natalia Bonia yesterday, and she's an incredible uh, international journalist, um, business consultant, and just one of the most amazing um, women who I just had the pleasure of meeting and who has... Um, really helped me along my journey and, and just, I wasn't quite sure what was, uh, what was going to come out. Um, I wasn't that really prepared, um, in terms of this conversation that was based more on polit- politics, uh, uh, world power and, um, um, her sort of specialities also like in feminist theory and, and sort of, um, looking at, uh, women across the world in sort of media and um, politically. Um, but what, what came out of me was so much and I felt so inspired, so invigorated by that conversation. So I'll, I'll definitely link it below and I encourage you to go uh, listen. You can find it on YouTube or also on Natalia's podcast. And um, yeah, it, it just covered such a um, a vast scope, and it just starts to, um, yeah. What I didn't know what was going to come out of me, but as I was speaking, I was like, wow, yeah, I, I really do have ideas <laughs> about how we can move into this future, and how we should all, um, really, be reclaiming our power at this time, and not just in a sense of, um, like loving ourselves, which is so. Of course, important, and um, uh, you know, having a voice and having um, just all the ways we often talk about empowerment, which is so uh, necessary and important, but to take it also a step further and encouraging us to actually take the power back in narrative and reimagining the world ahead and understanding, I think. Our deep roots in history and our power across different cultures and ancestral traditions—it really gives us uh, stronger ground to stand upon to uh, reimagine this uh, future we are all walking into. And it's my firm belief that the ones that we often talk about in power are leaders across the world, who you've often heard me in this podcast talking about, like especially through this pandemic, the immense fragility and um, clearly the just like the lack of real deep strength and power. Um, It's becoming more and more apparent. I think it's always been um, apparent, but we need to really recognize our own individual power. And as soon as we do, we already shift the system. We already start uh, changing the status quo and the way things are running. And it really doesn't need even that much of us to create that ripple effect so just by us uh, standing deep into this knowledge and allowing it to integrate and to um, walk our walk differently in the world to use our voices to really clean out our influences um, this is a huge part of um, the support work I give for uh, whenever we're feeling stuck or unclear, when we want to find clarity and focus in our life. It's like really cleaning out the influences and just watching everything that we're listening to, um, watching the conversations we're part of um, and what narratives are just repeating and, and looping and playing out and what do we want to actually shift and how do we want to actually um, yeah, change the narrative and the dialogue, um, so that we can, yeah, begin working in a different way. And for me, if I could (laughs) really imagine, um, fantasize about the beautiful world, um, we can, we can be in and, and, and create from this moment onwards and, and always is to have, um, this council of elders across the world, have the indigenous voices as central to our understanding, to our decisions, to, um, yeah, to our worldview and to have, to have women essential again, the mother essential again, and for men to also have um, their voice and their place, but for everyone, for all of us, women and men, to be uh, as a necessary part of leadership or of counsel, to be part of rites of passages, to be out in the wild, humbling ourselves and also realizing our true deep power. And for us to be continually signed up to doing our own personal work, our own shadow work, to show up, to be able to listen and to be able to then communicate clearly and to make decisions then that can ripple out for the good of the whole. So that all are considered uh, the environment, the animals, the children, the elders, and of course, everyone in between and uh, and then, <laughs> but also um, the power being brought back to local communities. Um, so there's very much this world council <laughs> of elders, of wise, uh, knowledgeable um, peoples, and then also these local uh, villages and communities and and uh, corporations where we are making sure we are always fed within our own ecosystem, that we are, able at any time to um support local craftsmanship and and businesses so that we can uh you know be clothed be um be fed and be housed and these basic fundamental uh human rights are looked after and everyone is looked after and you know there's ways that we can all be part of that and um (laughs) if I was also to fantasize about the future, we would um, maintain cultures and rich traditions and ancestry and and really protect this oral history, really protect these um, languages and these, uh, these dances and these um, incredibly um, beautiful ways of acknowledging the land and being in ceremony and ritual and the plant medicines that help us connect. Um, and then we would also have, uh, no borders. <laughs> we would have this ability to move across lands and across oceans and across seas if we also feel called to do that and, um, to have a process of arrival and, and, um, to be greeted and to uh, respect other cultures and to be humbled when we enter into different lands, to also acknowledge that we are always visitors. (laughs) We are not here to ever conquer or take over anything. (laughs) And then across the world, we could see, you know, in colder climates where there are less resources, where there is more need for support, how um, we can also allow for trade and things to move freely for the abundance that happens more in um you know in in warmer climates or more abundant ecosystems that, that can also um the excesses can flow to where they're needed um and so yeah of course in many ways this could be seen as utopia as a fantasy but i feel like we've been moving in many ways um closer to this. And we just need actually the courage and the strength to say, actually, this is the way forward. And uh, of course, there has to be many healing circles taking place, many um, reparations and acknowledgements. Um, I think even just acknowledging and choosing to um, acknowledge the harm (laughs) and the ripple effect. I was asked yesterday in the interview, kind of the responsibility right now of um, developed nations to still support developing nations. Uh, and it's such a complex question because the truth is, uh, with, and it's something I'm very passionate about, um, because once you realize it, it's it's pretty sickening, but um, pretty much all country aid, you know, Say from the United States or United Kingdom or elsewhere to so-called developing nations is often self-serving and is also um, often with the intention of creating dependencies and um, in in that way very just toxic and damaging and um not always long sighted not always looking at the complexities of a situation this also goes for charities and nonprofits and and generally the egoic colonial Imperial mindset that we are always able to save people and come with our great medicine our great knowledge our great um, everything to to you know save people when uh, just inherent in that is a a large amount of um, ego and, um, yeah, just completely not acknowledging the deep wisdom of deep ancestral healing traditions, of ways of healing that have worked for a long, long time for peoples, um, for... Uh, you know the incredible vast amount of complex knowledge and technology that many um, ancient cultures and indigenous cultures possess. <laughs> um, for example, I always come back to the Kogi because it's such an incredible example of a people who are very much in their power. <laughs> of you know, in Colombia and the in the Sierra Nevada de Santa Marta um, area, they they're very much. Um, see themselves as the elder siblings to um, especially the modern world. They (laughs) see us as younger brothers and sisters. And so they don't see us as like, (laughs) just save them. In fact, they really feel a huge responsibility to save us. Um, And that in turn will, um, of course, support them. And so uh, it's a complex conversation sometimes when we're talking about helping and saving because i think if we could actually just do less damage <laughs> if we could actually just fix our own houses our own lands our own production systems clean up our own supply chains clean up our uh, relationship to the earth we'll probably um the ripple effect of that would be so huge and would probably you know this is the problem i have um in the last couple of years quite a few books came out about how um, you've got it all wrong if you think the world is in a better place. This The world is in the best place it, it's been. Like And uh, some of the examples it's given for that, are, um, there's this least amount of poverty today um, than there's ever been. Of course, there are a large amount of people in poverty, but uh, it's the least it's been. So things are getting better. And that's why we need to keep going with our technology, keep going with our development, keep going with our science, la la la. And a huge, <laughs> huge thing is missing from these statistics, and this is also the problem with statistics: you can make them look like any um, story you want to tell, any narrative they can they fit within. Is that. Um, a large amount of the world population, a large amount of indigenous populations, but also, uh, you know, land-based peoples, um, you know, who've been, you know, <laughs> working in a deep sort of cultural way, community-based way, haven't even had the concept of money. They have not needed money because they have always been self-sufficient and looking after one another within a community. And uh, by the time money has been introduced and uh, things have, you know, indigenous people have been moved so many times from their lands, they're often, you often find sacred lands on, um, which is very, very fascinating to think about. It's like you often see these ritual places, these burial sites, these places where indigenous people choose to live um, on uh, precious uh, resources <laughs> that we like to extract, like oil and coal and gold and and so forth. And so these people are moved, and then um, you know their language often gets disconnected because their language is so deeply connected to the land, and we just have no understanding of that. And you know, the whole understanding of who you are is based upon. The walk that you know you get to walk each day, the river, the mountain, the the sacred um, like pilgrimages that you do um, within your lands, and then this gets completely cut off and um, and stripped away from people's um, so for profit for to to keep up with all the technology and so on, and then suddenly, uh, and these people are compensated somewhat. uh, but then they're also beholden to the system of money, <laughs> and they have, you know, always had this rich knowledge of their land, of how to have clean water, how to fish, how to hunt, or how to gather and how to grow um, their crops, and so on. And then suddenly, um, many cases given far uh, worse land to to feed themselves from, and uh, things get increasingly more difficult and. Um, And then by the time the the metric of um, wealth and poverty is measured, (laughs) these people um, from from actually being (laughs) really abundant and looking after themselves are suddenly measured within the progression of developed nations. And um, we create these very um, (laughs) convenient (laughs) uh, narratives. I mean, I remember... I mean, several books came out, and am not sure their names, but I remember Bill Gates was a huge proponent as well of sharing these statistics, and this is why I'm an optimist. And uh, I'm not so sure about all the conspiracies about him, who knows, but I do know he's someone who's very much bought into science, as science being um, like God, basically, like the the only thing that will save us, technology being the only thing that will save us. And if you just spent a moment zooming out and looking at the bigger picture, you would see it's been destroying us from the inside out, like literally the amount of depression and anxiety and stress and and just disconnect and discord, I fundamentally believe is from our disconnection to the earth. And us ourselves and this um, controlling our environments and believing that we're safe within our in our high wall communities and in our, and, and our cars and, and so on uh, this creates this, this huge loss um, and we forget who we are and where we come from and how we are completely interconnected into this web of life and if we try and separate ourselves this is the ultimate illusion and delusion and so dysfunctional um and again i think the roots of many of our illnesses of many of our um of our like Uh, huge issues and so once again i I i'm so grateful for so many of our technologies of so much of what we're able to do this is not about going backwards Um, and it's a very important thing to point out that indigenous people are always evolving also they are not stuck in the past but they are Um, I think, the best keepers of our deep knowledge of the past. So when we consider deep feminine, I've learned so much more about myself as a woman and my feminine nature through um, the indigenous women I've been able to meet. And it's a very different understanding of femininity that has been playing out again and again in our culture. And we don't even realize it's playing out um, as what we just accept to be true. and. This is the same um, with with all gender, and it's the same with we don't know what we don't know. And sometimes um, it really takes a lot of work of decolonizing ourselves and realizing where um, this patriarchal influence, this toxic um, uh, masculinity and a need to control and force and manipulate and to, um, you know, all those things comes through us it's much easier to point out and see where it goes wrong across the world. But when we start to really do this work within ourselves, I think this is, again, our power. Um, and it's uncomfortable and it's um, it can be messy. And I, I had some beautiful conversations with a friend um, this week and, and just these last uh, weeks, we've been sharing these voice messages that have been really beautiful and meaningful and, and just really, uh, a lovely way to explore in our own time, uh, going back and forth to one another. But we've been talking a lot about uh, the feminine nature and the deep feminine, and um, she has her own exploration and lens and where she's been uh, looking through it, uh, really through a lot through a lot of mythology and so forth. Um, and mine, of course, is with this. Um, deep feminine spiritual traditions, this archaeological record, and again the indigenous way of being here on earth across the world, really just beginning to map and see that. It's really um, been my frame of reference. But um, yeah, we, we're just r- recognizing that even though divine feminine spirituality has become very popular, um, it's, it's still this um patriarchal energy or this toxic masculinity comes through um in many cases these um, programs and these these promises because i think anytime we promise anything it's a little bit more the masculine it's a little bit more certain this is what you get this is what happens and really to enter into (laughs) the feminine path the deep feminine it's like are you signing up are you ready to enter into the mystery? into the unknown and there are no promises (laughs) and um, my friend was just saying yeah you know I can't really recommend this to anyone because it ruined my life (laughs) Uh, and I I can clearly see it hasn't ruined her life I think she's very much uh, on her soul's path and um, is going where she needs to go but you know it can be highly disruptive to everything in our life (laughs) especially if we've built up a lot of narratives and she had already built up some success in her. um, I'll link her stuff below because she's um, a beautiful, a beautiful person. Um, But she'd already built up a lot of, um, I guess, success and uh, a lot of people loving her work um, in her sort of former self. And basically you have to undo all of that. And I'm grateful on my own journey. I never really built up too much of anything else. So it wasn't too much to break down but it's still been a long path of trying to figure out how to be in this world into this modern society in the deep feminine because for example money wants to land i think often to certainty (laughs) to clear promises so when you're talking about the feminine and you can see this across society what we deem as more feminine um roles and practices they tend to not be um, valued as highly and this is also i think a a shift in consciousness that we need because i think this the teachers the the nurses the the mothers the just the 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 people who look after the food the land the you know all the things or all the artists um men or women you know all across gender like these are roles that should be upheld. We need the poets. We need the, um, yeah. We need all of the the wise <laughs> elders and and also the children. We need to value all of them. <laughs> but we valued um, sure returns and and the way we've created this complete house of cards of an economic system is because we just like constantly obsessed with growth which of course just doesn't last forever it's like the ultimate uh charade of a pyramid scheme because (laughs) it will only ever get that far and that's why you see also i wrote an essay for the elephant journal about a lot of these pyramid schemes that were showing up and i was being invited into all the time but of course they'll adamantly tell you they're not a pyramid scheme but it doesn't take long to really do the math or to look at the structure and form and see that it's operating exactly like a pyramid scheme. Uh, but it, it brings out the bigger question of the, the society that we're in that is built on this pyramid scheme because this economic system and these corporations that are just really um, under a lot of stress to continue growing and to perform and to provide results, uh, which of course doesn't, it just can't last because <laughs> everything has a life cycle. And you, you we all... Have this ability to reach full bloom, but then we also all um, need to decompose and die, uh, and then re- be reborn and, and begin again. And this is like you know, with every small project, this is why we work with the seasons and cycles to be able to work with that intelligently. Um, but we have to <laughs> be able to humble ourselves through the the, the also the death process to uh, and just knowing that nothing is ever lost so once we begin again we are more powerful more knowledgeable with greater expertise and it'll be even better the next cycle and it's just fun because you see you know in startups the excitement and the energy because um yeah because it's so fun that building and that growth so what if we are able to do that all the time um but this pressure once you have any level of success just to keep going and to keep building and to growing is like the fundamental um, dysfunction of our society and economic system because um, it can't last and so what often happens is that it gets faked and manipulated and forced and so you see this all the time a great series on Netflix is called dirty money and it, it just plays it out so um clearly how how often it's a it's a complete um charade that's being played out like the um like you know when we're trying to just impress shareholders <laughs> so often you know results get falsified there's um i think it was wells fargo is just <laughs> it's come out that the employees were under so much pressure to have to meet quotas of new accounts and new customers which of course the math again doesn't last because you only have certain amount of people in an area who go to a bank and who could even potentially be customers Um, but the amount of pressure they're under (laughs) means they have to um, either make accounts up or they have to add people illegally without their acknowledgement and then this of course creates a whole stack of problems (laughs) because people are suddenly getting fined for things they didn't even sign up for Uh, but this is just again trying to fit within the system and this is why We, um, uh, economic crashes are inevitable and also they, they just, nothing gets really changed, (laughs) we're rebuilding since 2008, nothing changed, everything got in fact worse and more, um, really more like projected as all good, but really underneath the surface just (laughs) completely like crumbling and falling apart. So, um really crazy this this obsession with growth and this is again civilization and empire um, and we still have these narratives of you know great empires and I, I talked a lot about in this interview with Natalia about how we need to really pay attention to our political systems and especially United States and I'd say Great Britain is very much always alongside um, <laughs> this complete a delusion of being a world power and needing to uh, school and dictate and control everyone else across the world. And this being the ultimate imperialist, colonial mindset, um, but this, this has been in the foundations of the CIA and of foreign policy, and again of aid work and, and so on. And um, really crazy time that we're in where this is all, you know, pretty much overnight shut down. Everyone has to figure out their own internal economies and um, <laughs> operations and and so on. And I'm just really hoping, I think it's already taking place, but I hope across the world everyone is able to come back to being more so self-sustaining in this globalization um, idea which has always been kind of... <sighs> controlled and um been benefiting again a few and and damaging to many people um while also making them dependent so feeling beholden to certain um (laughs) certain things so yeah it's it's (laughs) so much going on and again i fantasize about what we can move into and once again honoring um indigenous peoples who you know Again, I'm very sensitive even with beautiful projects and charities and it that you know, are doing really important work because there are, of course, ways we need to still um, spread money and to spread resources and to help and pay attention and so forth. But to change also the narratives, I'm really passionate about like seeing indigenous people as less than as impoverished and, and this um, it's the same in Africa. The way we've like for so long held this narrative of uh, you know famished Africa, which is just one storyline. It's just like one part of what is going on in this huge, rich, complex land of tradition and culture and wise people and beautiful, rich uh, knowledge. And and again, once again, with Indigenous people. So making sure when we're not. Still falling into those same traps of dialogue and communication, and um, like th- thats the way I think we think we can get money through pity and through. Look, this is like urgent. We need to save these people, and I just wish for a little bit more of a, a shift. And I and I I think the best example I could give is like, you know, some of the, I was like researching quite a bit some of these. Global figures, um, and, and I speak about it with Natalia, so I won't go into it here. But like Henry Kissinger's one, and uh, Tony Blair's one from the UK, who, and the Clintons, who, um, <laughs> if you just look it up, they make such an insane amount of money from talks and from uh, yeah consultancy and so forth. Um, and I just think about the amount of money like millions. <laughs> that goes to them for their supposed knowledge and expertise, and uh, and then we're we're talking about like indigenous people as these poor people we should you know give money to, and and then we do we feel we feel somewhat guilty. We also genuinely want to help, and we feel um, yeah we're so privileged that so this is what something I could do, um, and just you know, the difference then in the amount of money that goes to these people. Whereas if we could actually see them who for who they are, some of these indigenous elders and the wise leaders and medicine women and, and councils um, and be like, no, these are the consultants. <laughs> these are the speakers we should be paying millions to um, and, and letting these people buy back their own lands and look after their own people and, um, you know, make their own decisions within our political systems and not be just always on the back foot because they haven't, you know, had the same amount of time to learn our political systems and a and way of um, taking control and power anyway. It's just a, a shift, a radical shift. And once we start to see um, a reframing of power and of expertise and of knowledge and, and the people that we really should be listening to, not just as a romantic cute thing but really is um, powerful leaders at this time and the way showers for the future um, to me it is the indigenous and it's the indigenous within us also The are parts of us that we need to reclaim and unravel and um, begin to explore and the gifts are like never ending i can speak so Um, Clearly, from that, even though within my own exploration of the feminine, it's you know constant waves of experiences, and uh, it's you don't doesn't necessarily ever get easy, but it's like you um, you really develop this ease and this acknowledgement of the power and how sacred every death is, how. how important it is equally to go through the underworld as it is the upper worlds. And this is also a narrative I'm passionate about, speaking with, um, staying firmly rooted on the earth and being able to travel up, but also to be able to travel down and be really comfortable between the worlds and see the balance, rather than this obsession with ascension, uh, elevating, Moving to a higher place, and again, not realizing we're still buying into the same narrative of the hierarchy of believing that um, by escaping our earthly experience of our human experience, that we will be saved in you know, in this heaven, and not realizing that heaven is on earth and also hell is on earth, and we are here to walk through it all and to become wise in that process, and then to feel really limitless, I mean, I've been through so many experiences of death and I've I realized recently, uh, and especially with my interview with Natalia again, I recommend listening to it because I was like, wow, I'm not afraid to speak my truth. And okay, this is not going to a huge audience yet, it's not reaching uh, mass scale, but I am ready to, and I realized, you know, for a long time I've had a lot of fear because I've also known very rare that you hear people talking the truth <laughs> or you hear people really calling out uh, many things. For example, a lot of people in media, I mean, pretty much everyone in mainstream media can't say anything against Rupert Murdoch <laughs> because who's, you know, the media com- uh, superpower owns a lot of media. Because even if you don't work within his media houses, you're pretty much guaranteed that if you speak against him, your career will be destroyed. (laughs) And just thinking about that, um, he's just one example. You think there are people that are probably in power, that are probably pulling the strings here, um, that we maybe don't even know about, but if we did speak against that, what would happen to us? And this is not like... Paranoia, or This has also happened. You know the amount of assassinations and mysterious deaths of people, uh, and also just the the freedom of speech that's um, taken away from people. And um, it's a real thing. Because um, you know, you like I have gone deep into like how the CIA was formed and what what took place. And really, in its very formation, was this like idea that we need to stamp out all other um, ways of thinking that goes against our capitalist um, imperial control uh, mindset and any of these radical thinkers and any of these movements across the world, any of these uprisings, any of these demonstrations, we need to go and infiltrate. We need to go and take it down. We need to go and create wars. We need to go and Mess that shit up and make it complicated, and this has happened all the way through our modern history. Uh, and okay, and then (laughs) you look within even the United States, the the, some of the people who are on the biggest um watch list uh, in terms of terrorism (laughs) or um of a threat to society are like. In many cases, environmental activists who could create damage to industry. Whew. And so, like, it's not also, you know, paranoia when you realize, like, okay, I have things to say. I want to call stuff out. I want to say it as it is. I want to speak truth. I want to keep going. Um, and realizing there's also um, a chance if it catches any attention or if it gains any momentum that uh you could become a target and things could get very uncomfortable for you in your life and of course um I think the the most fundamental thing is always not even about yourself it's like your family um uh, so <laughs> this is also within the fantasy realm because I'm not you know, obviously uh in any place like that right now but it's just Um, being prepared, I guess, in case things do. And I guess I came back to this moment with myself where I was like, I'm not going to hold myself back. Um, Okay, there's maybe some fear around this, but I have met death. I feel comfortable with um, transitioning when the time is right. I feel the importance of moving us all in the right direction and being part of this movement of change and to listen and to cooperate and collaborate with as many other change makers and dreamers and visionaries also who are willing to step into this better future together. Um, and so <laughs> I'm willing, I'm willing to, to also do so um, and not hold back. Um, because, yeah, once again, you think about the amount of people who, I mean, the courageous whistleblowers who've come out, but the amount of people who are not able to come out and speak the truth of what's really going on, the, the insane uh, atrocities and dysfunctions and incredible um, fucked up things taking place, like amount of people who fear speaking and coming out. And then once again, I just... The gifts of this time is maybe for most people to have maybe more time to think Um, this pause on our busy routines and schedules and so forth giving us this freedom to imagine um, and to begin to reclaim our power back on the earth again in our bodies in community to not uh allow this distortion of thought to the social distancing to influence us in in feeling uh disconnected and a lack of love and support and um being around those good influences and um yeah (laughs) harnessing the beauty and remembering and i uh, you know it's pretty heavy some of the things I want to talk to and and transform and shapeshift and so on. And the the reason I'm able to do so is because I'm so firmly rooted within my pleasure and my play in my lifetime, in my you know my everyday, remaining playful, remaining uh, sensual, remaining connected and healthy, and deeply connected through meditation and um, looking after my body and sleeping well, like. This is fundamental to doing that work. I am not here to burn out or to lose myself in this work. In fact, I spent a lot, many, many years making sure I am walking on solid ground and I feel firmly rooted and supported and having my people, my close counsel, my close people who will hold me in um, who I am. So I can't lose my way um, because this is it's very easy to lose your way when you're trying to enact change. You know, how often the revolutionary becomes the dictator, the, the person with all the good intentions gets warped and twisted along the way. This is a big part of this ethical conversation within the Women Change World Project and, and in this podcast. Um, We are here to dance this dance, to explore, to not be perfect, but to be continually, um, you know, getting better and and, and paying attention, and being conscious to uh, our words, our beliefs, our actions, and taking accountability for how we walk through the world and, uh, you know, cleaning once again our influences and the way we see things so that we can really um, rise to the occasion whenever we are called. And it can be in small ways and it can be in big ways, but we are here and remembering once again this line that you have to do it yourself but you cannot do it alone and so yeah once again i invite you um to join us in the soul seed house this is the place where we're really building um you know all the blocks of this you know this vast amount of knowledge and library that's not even going to be completed in my lifetime but it's something i'll I'll try until the end of my days to do as much um contribute as much to um it's really the place that we are able to have these conversations and to shift and um undress unravel and then rebuild and really become uh you know powerful and and connected to our soul's path fundamentally i believe um so yeah i invite you to join us there and if it feels like it's out of um your price range or, you know, what you're able to commit financially right now. Uh, once again, inviting you to join our Patreon, patreon.com slash gathering. And you could support as little as a dollar a month. And I think that is an important step um, to uh, also volunteer. If you would like to volunteer, I would absolutely love to hear from you. This is the time where... We need artists, writers, uh, people who are able to fill out grants, people who are interested in research, people who are interested in uh, social media, all the things that um, could uh, potentially also turn into jobs later on once we're um, financially flowing as an organization when I'm able to pay myself and then also uh, hire Um this is definitely the pool that we'll be looking for. too. Those who've already been contributing and volunteering. So uh, yeah, if you are interested, please reach out. Um, And I would say, send me, um, send us at solstiegathering at gmail.com. I'll put all the links below, any examples of your work, um, any interest, anything that you would like to work with, or you're just open to supporting in, in all the ways. There's so many, you know, administrative things. And as I began in this podcast saying just yesterday, I I was like having this moment of like, I don't know if I know how to manage or delegate. It's suddenly funny because I meditated. And and then also at night I couldn't sleep right away. i have been feeling very kind of awake, nearly like it's full moon energy um, at night, but I I get a lot of clarity at night when that does happen to me. Um, And suddenly, (laughs) All this clarity of how to delegate and exactly what needs to be done, and uh, exactly what to and who who I was already thinking of, who had reached out, who I know, um, their skill set, and so forth, like how that can work. So um, excited to be on that journey. Also, and sharing that with you here, also because I'm still learning very much how to um, form an organization organisation with structure and form and um, so that we can really show up and do all the things that we're here to do. Um, but yeah, I would love to hear from you. And as a contributor, as a regular contributor, you have access also to the house and uh, of course, part of the community. Uh, And if you can begin just by supporting like a dollar a month or or so forth, just acknowledging a commitment to us through Patreon. And uh, again, you could be one of the first Patreons. I invite you to be the first one Uh, and then for us to build from there, because, you know, just like the way numbers can start to grow and expand and, Everyone just giving, you know, a dollar, two dollar, or five dollars a month, um, or more, whatever you can give. Um, how quickly that can help us uh, operate and, and again, um, you know, do these incredible projects on the ground and working with, um, once again, indigenous elders and leaders to to uh, reimagine, to create um, this incredible journey forwards i feel very excited i feel this is our time to to show up and tune out from all the noise all the media all the conspiracies everything all the theories and i think you know fundamentally if we zoom out once again um you can just see kind of where we're drawn to or where other people are drawn to in terms of theories or um Solutions or explanations, just such a, um, such a emblematic of of our states of mind. So of course, if we're coming from fear, if we're coming from paranoia, if we're coming from uh, this um, needing to rebel <laughs> against any authority, if we're needing to. Um, you know, if we are so disconnected from the natural world and we believe only in um, science and medicine, um, in the sense of vaccines and so forth as being the solution, rather than being rooted on the earth, looking at why these viruses are even being created, looking at our relationship to all things and beginning to address that with urgency um, and and also slowing down. So, you know, the sense of urgency that actually asks us to slow down and begin to walk rightly again in the earth and to shift our industries into sustainable, renewable, um, earth honoring and people honoring Industries, then uh, we have a chance here um, to get things right and to also why not experience utopia, um, a beautiful society where we are honored and celebrated for our unique gifts and exactly who we are, there being no shoulds or expectations or need to fit within boxes or labels, <laughs> anything we're able to just. Um, be exactly who we are, to experience our beauty and our wisdom and our knowledge and to feel also this ability to grow and evolve and shape shift and to try out different things also, to be part of the, the fun and the, the freedom of being alive here on earth. Um, I believe it's possible. And uh, I believe the more of us who choose to step into this dream and vision and start walking it um, and acting like we're already living it the way that's the, so it is. Uh, so, yeah, thanks once again for tuning in. I am. Um, again, sending you so much love to wherever you are in the world. So incredibly honored. I'm just, my heart expands every time I hear from any of you. Um, And it's just so cool, this organic uh, growth that's been taking place with this podcast, you know, just so slowly unfolding and unfurling. And the more you each are sharing it and, and like bringing in friends and posting on your social media and all those things um you know which i haven't even asked you to do the way it's just like um expanding and growing in this really cool way so yeah if you do feel called of course um i'm honored if you If you wish to share this with any friends or families, loved ones, um, to post about it, to uh, subscribe, to rate and review and just allow it to be seen. Um, It's, of course, an amazing thing. I feel deeply honored once again. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.